Welcome to Homestand Leafs Podcast, powered by Sports Interaction Sportsbook and Casino, your homegrown sportsbook. Bet local. I'm your host, Albert Vartanian, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Justin Pooney. We'll tell you why this four-game winning streak doesn't mean much in the long term for the Toronto Maple Well, on today's show, plan the parade. How have the Leafs won four in a row without Morgan Riley? Why TJ Brody is playing better? What the numbers say about Austin Matthews? And what would Pooney do? If someone tossed his hat on the ice, lots to get to. So let's get this thing started. I'm Albert Vartanian. He's Justin Pooney, and this is Homestand Leafs. Well, Justin, it's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah. We took family day off, spent time with the family. So we got a lot to get to today Mm -hmm. on Homestand Leafs. So let's start with Morgan Riley's five game suspension. The NHLPA, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Riley obviously appealed this. But Gary Bettman came down and said, no way, Morgan Riley. He upheld the suspension, which means Morgan Riley will miss tonight's game against the Arizona Coyotes. We are filming this on a Wednesday at about 11, 12 a.m. Eastern time. So that is the information that we have. So my first question to you, mm-hmm. are you surprised that this suspension was upheld? No, because what did I say when it first happened? I'm going to use Gary Bettman's lingo here. You read the 11 page report? I found the excerpt about the incident. I wasn't going to read all 11 pages. But, uh, so what do you say? They were not incidental and they were not reflexive. They were not simply careless or merely reckless. With plenty of time to think about what he was going to do next, Mr. Riley approached Mr. Greg from the side and used his stick. It was reckless. It was stupid. It was not smart. And that is what. The other thing too is, you knew it wasn't going to get reduced because the ruling came out yesterday. Right, like it was already at. Like it doesn't, it didn't make any sense. Right, had it was in, if I felt that it was going to get reduced, it would have been done earlier, prior to this weekend. Right, right. but the NHL just dragged this process out, and it didn't, it wouldn't make any sense to me, what whatsoever. Um, like I said before, it's five games. Was it too much? Too little? Who knows? Now it's almost done. Right, we can finally put this to bed and put it behind us. Um, but I do believe that it is what it is, and I think you know Gary Bettman. He made the right call. He's leave it at five games. He got a slap on the wrist. And look, the Leafs are playing a lot better now anyway. I, I never thought that Bettman was going to go against yeah. George Peros and the Department of Player Safety. It's just, it doesn't really happen. <clears throat> Clearly, Bettman feels strongly about what he did and also said that if it wasn't for Riley, I'm reading between the lines here, but if it wasn't for Riley's uh, past history of being such a clean player mm-hmm. and, and this being so uncharacteristic of something that he's done in his career that it probably could have been more. Yeah, no, for so sure. So it could have been, you know, t- up to 10 games, let's just say. You know, You're saying if a guy lines. like Nick Cousins did this or Brad Marchand it's, did that, exactly. it would have been a double digits yeah. for, sure. Yeah. So, for sure. So Riley's uh, clean history, mm-hmm. build him out. Okay, so my other question is, does it even matter anymore? No. Considering the Toronto Maple Leafs, of course they did. They've gone 4-0 without him and potentially can go 5-0 against the Arizona Coyotes. I think we both expect them to win that game. Yeah. I mean, what? I was, so this. I don't even know what to say anymore. This this morning, right, when I was taking the subway and I'm thinking like, wow, I'm kind of an idiot, right? And I know I'm kind of stupid at some things, right? (laughs) But I'm kind of an idiot because like, I thought these guys were going to go like 1-4 at best case scenario. Or 2-3 would have been a great success had they gone uh, without Morgan Wright. But then you look at it, right? Look at the way this team played before that incident. Now look at the way they're playing. Right. Right? They're complete. And again, maybe it's because this team felt that they were 
pushed into the corner. They the walls were closing in, and they had to finally fight back. Right? They felt the pressure. Right? And they lived up to it. I I have to say, guys like Jake McCabe and Timothy Lilgren have been two of the guys that I've been very impressed with. Right? Yes, TJ Brody as well. We've been talking about it playing on his right side finally, but Jake McCabe has taken a little bit more of an offensive role. Right? Timothy Lilgren has played a lot better playing on that first pair with TJ Brody. Um, I believe that those guys right there deserve a whole lot of credit. They do. And say what you will about this season, Albert, and however it ends. But one thing I will say about the Leafs is. There's a, somewhat of a resiliency resiliency factor with this team. Yeah. Dealing with all those injuries on the defense core, having that makeshift defense core, and still finding a way to be third in the Atlantic Division. Losing Morgan Riley to a five-game suspension and to potentially go 5-0. and oh, There's a sense of resiliency here with the Toronto Maple Leafs that I never thought I would really like ever utter out of my mouth before. Right? Like I never thought that this team has currently constructed that whenever something adversity would come, they would kind of fold up and then kind of go home. But no, this year I find maybe it's just the, the guys that are that are coming in are battling to stay in the NHL, right? Are battling to prove a point, are battling to earn a contract. Nobody on the defense core is complacent at all, right? Everybody's trying to earn their spot, earn a roster spot for next year. Maybe that's why, you know, everybody's playing so hard. But I have to say the resiliency factor, especially on that defense core this season, has been a huge positive regardless of how anything ends this year. Yeah, they've gone through a lot. Yeah. They were actually really have. I mean, they lose their number one guy in Joseph Wall. Ilya Samsonov completely loses confidence. He's yep. dealing with some serious mental health issues to the point where he was sent down to the Marlies to try and figure out his game and find his game once again. They have to rely on a third stringer and Martin Jones, yep. who was expected to be just that, a third stringer. He comes in, rattles off four wins in a row in a crucial stretch when they went to California, come back, they beat the Sharks. I mean, there's a lot that's gone against this team, yet they seem to always bounce back and be stronger in the end. It's just, I'm done trying to predict this team and what they can do. And shout out to my brother. I'm going to give him a shout out here because we talked about how the Leafs were going to play once Riley was out. And I'm like, they'll be lucky to win one game. This is what I said. Yeah. A guy who covers the Leafs every single day, yeah. he goes, they're probably going to win every single game. I'm like, you're crazy. So he messages me after every single game saying, one more to Divine go, one more to go. So, I mean... It's just, it's classic Leafs where when their back's against the wall, mm -hmm. they play the way that we think that they should be playing. Yeah. And that's exactly what's happening. Absolutely. I was going to ask you this. With all things considered up to this point for February 21st of the season, would you say the most impressive unit of the Toronto Maple Leafs has been their defense core? If you were to put the forward group, the defense pair, and goalie, I think it's a toss-up between the goaltending and defense, given all things considered, whether right. it's injuries, struggling of play, stuff like that. I would say that... There's been more resiliency and more good about the defense core and the goaltending and the forwards. The forwards have had a lot more disappointment this year. We talked about obviously Bertuzzi, Domi, um, you know John Tavares at certain points. You know we have the William Nylander. We see me talk about him on a daily basis, right? He's changed his game around too. Uh, exactly, he's turning things around. But um, when I look at this team, I look at it. The defense core and the goalies, right, have kind of really not carried this team. Actually, you know, I, I'll say it. they've carried this team. Right? With their resiliency, I would I say. I don't know about carry. That's a strong word. Martin Jones. They got a guy in Austin Matthews. Martin Jones. Every Martin night. Jones. Did Martin Jones not save the season at one he point? Did, yeah. He I did. wouldn't say they carried the team, though. They were a part of it. It's a collective thing. Austin Matthews is carrying the team Austin Matthews, offensively. I mean, if you consider Austin Matthews as his own unit, then yeah, it's no, Austin Matthews. I, look, but the way I, no, the way I, I see the Leafs is that Austin Matthews is completely separate. But right. the rest of the forward group, right? 
and compared to the defense and the goaltending, Guaranteed. I feel like they've been yep. head and shoulders better than the yeah. rest. Right? I think so. I mean, look, Benoit McCabe, you can argue, honestly, you can make an argument that that's been the Leafs' best defensive pair all season mm-hmm. long. They're better than Riley and Brody because Brody hasn't been good. Um, you know, John Klingberg was supposed to be the answer to, this, <laughs> to some of their issues, especially offensively from the back end. He's gone, so that's another thing they had to deal with. Uh, Giordano, unfortunately, has taken a step back. Timmy Lilgren has taken a step back. And then it's been... A collection of players, William Lagesson, Max Lejoie. Mm. I mean, this is this is what the Leafs have had to deal with. And to be in the position that they're in is a credit to not only Austin Matthews and some of those forwards, like William Nylander, who started off the season incredibly hot. Mitch Marner right. keeps doing his thing, as he kind of always does. But, yeah, it's the goaltending that had to step up and, and this defense that decided to come together because it could have gone the complete different direction. Mm. Like, if, if Benoit's not having this season – if Martin Jones doesn't show up and, and play the way that he played, if Samsonov doesn't turn it around, we're having a completely different discussion right now. Absolutely. We're Look, talking about maybe the Leafs are massive sellers at the deadline because they're so far gone in terms of a playoff spot. But they're not there, and it looks like you know they're going to solidify a playoff spot in probably the next couple of weeks. I mean, it's it's still yeah, it's still short window that we're seeing with this team going 4-0, but it's trending in the right direction. I want to get to one thing. So I'm trying to figure out what's really changed mm-hmm. and what's happening. And I think this clip from William Nylander kind of alludes to what's going on with the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. Obviously, I mean, we're battling. I mean, every game's a battle. We got to, uh, we got to battle for a playoff spot and keep fighting. So I think, uh, I mean, we've answered the bell, and I think Mo kind of started our lit the fire uh, in the team. So I think, uh, yeah, we're battle, battling for Mo. Puni, you hear that? Well, I was gonna, I was surprised you didn't mention the fact that you're cheese that he's not wearing a shirt again in his post game <laughs> press conference. I know you, I know you hate no, that. I don't get cheese. It's just like I get. You, you do a little. You bit. know what? I'm a pro wrestling guy. No, you're a pro wrestling guy. Yeah. He's living the gimmick. I mean, this is him, right? This is just who he is. Yeah, so he whatever. Is. He I'll is. let him be. But um, people seem to think like because I've been on Nylander so much this season that I hate. I don't hate the guy. I love the guy. I love watching him play when he when he wants to play. Yeah. But there are times where he has it. He's turned no. it around now, and it seems to be that Morgan Riley cross-checking Ridley Gregg in the head after being embarrassed by the Ottawa Senators has lit an absolute fire under these guys' asses. What else? And this this can be that moment that we've always talked about. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is the platform where they launch up and they play the way that they're supposed to. Well, you look at it, right? Like I mentioned before, they're put in a position now where they had to perform because if had they gone 0-5 or 1-4 during the stretch... They would have fallen maybe to the second wild card spot, maybe just on the playoff line, right? Well, think about how negative it would exactly. be. Think about how, what we've think been about talking the, about on this show. Absolutely. I agree with you 1,000%. We have been, you know, remember after the Philly game, right? We were not very happy about it. We were talking about how bad they played, how poor they played. If it wasn't for Austin Matthews, they wouldn't have won that game. But they won the game, right? And now you look at the situation where they have games at hand on Tampa. They're ahead of them in the standings, right? And they're not going to catch Boston or Florida. But if you could solidify yourself in that third while that third at spot in the Atlantic, that's a good sign, right? Now, playoff seeding-wise, do you want to fall down? Do you have a better chance of playing against New York? I don't believe in that. I think you just win as many games as you can, secure a playoff yeah. spot, and see what happens. Um, but like, I mentioned, like you mentioned, like this team, and like uh, William Nylander mentioned, but battling. They battled these four games so far. They've battled hard. They've played hard. They Now, they weren't playing juggernauts. They played the Blues twice, the Flyers, and the Ducks. And tonight, they played a team that hasn't won a game in... God knows how long. I think they're on a 10-game losing streak, Arizona, right now. But to be shorthanded, to battle, to play a structured game, to play... You know, they played fairly clean hockey, right, during this period, right? Um, I believe that 
Um, this team has done, you know, a good job. And the, the hustle, the heart that I see. You know, Bobby McMahon on that empty net goal in St. Louis, right? Just dog Bobby chasing. Bobby Just chasing that guy down. Getting yeah, the puck loose. I agree. Like, that's the type of effort and compete level you want to see from a team that's totally. desperate. And the Leafs are playing desperate hockey right now. And but the thing is, when Morgan Riley comes back, they can't get complacent again. That's the problem, right? When he comes back, you can't let your foot off the gas. I'm like, okay, he's back now. We could chill. No, no. You have to continue to play with this type of desperation, this type of mentality, because you're seeing the results when you play like that. You have to continue that. You cannot get complacent. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I was looking into what's changed, mm-hmm. right? And I kind of crunched some of the numbers a little bit, but maybe to get into that. Yeah. But in, in these four games, they've out-hit their opponents, and they've blocked more shots than their opponents. And it's been a massive increase from from this stretch of four games to the four games prior to Morgan Riley being suspended. Mm-hmm. So they've tightened up the game. They've played more aggressive. They've played harder. That's really the only thing that's changed because the goals are still coming from Austin Matthews. Actually, I will say they've got some secondary scoring. Matthew Knight scored a beauty against St. Louis. He Bobby did. McMahon can't stop scoring. Mm-hmm. Bertuzzi even got on the board. I thought Max Domi's been unbelievable mm-hmm. since since the absence of uh, Morgan Riley and obviously the absence of of John Tavares and Mitch Marner when they both missed that game. So I think secondary scoring has jumped up, but more or less, I think they're just playing harder with yeah. more will, more aggressively, because the talent is there. You really just have to you have to pair the skill and the talent with the will to win. When those two things come together, right. you ha- you get a really good hockey team. Well, I would say this. It's not, it's not rocket science, right? I'll, it's really that simple. I'll push back a little bit on you that. The skill is not as high as on this Leafs team as it was in years previous, right? I believe that the, the high-end skill is still there, right? But the ancillary skill players are not there. There's no Ryan O'Reilly. There's no Nick Foligno. There's none of those guys around. But you I break... wouldn't necessarily call Nick Foligno a skill guy. No, but he has more skill than certain players on this team right now, right? Given his pedigree and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So when I look at the... I mean, were... hold on. To... Just back on that. If Bertuzzi and Domi were performing the way that we thought that they would... This is not the conversation that we're having. The thing about Bertuzzi is this, though. But you look at Bertuzzi's, he had the one good year in Detroit and the one good playoff last year in, in Boston. He hasn't really been a, a world beater, per se, offensively, right? And Max Domi has put up points before, but again, he's bounced around a lot. So my point is this. They've added guys, especially on defense and in their bottom six, that have things to prove, that have, you know, that want to stay in the NHL. They have a hunger Right, they want to prove themselves every single night. They don't have any complacency factor, and that's why you're seeing right now, especially all these guys step out and step up. A guy like you know, a guy like Bobby McMahon, would he really see any playing time, significant playing time, on any of the Leafs teams from years previous? Maybe, maybe, but again, that's not something we not for certain, right? So what I'm saying, it's a credit to those depth guys that are at the bottom of the roster that are playing up a level right now. They're they've. I leveled up their game. They're playing a lot better, right? And I see, and That's that need. exudes. Seeing guys compete like that it rubs off on the top guys, right? At least that's what I'm seeing. At least it's of rubbing course. off on Austin Matthews. And I think that's been a big factor this year, too. Just guys that are, the compete level is much higher this year, I find, at least on the bottom end of the roster. Listen, the secondary guys, they just need to not be overly reliant on the superstars of yeah. this Toronto Maple Leafs team. And I think that's what, what I've noticed before, is that they're really leaning on Nylander, Matthews, Martyr, Tavares, Morgan Riley to bail them out when it, it should be a collective a collective team effort. I will say something about Bobby McMahon. He's been great, but I mean, people shouldn't expect this guy to no. be a world beater, but if his game is to chip in 10 to 15 goals and work hard every single night, that that goes a long way for this Toronto Maple Leafs team because those other guys can score, 
You just need you need, you need some assistance from the other guys, and, and that's what they're getting. Okay, we've gone long in this segment, but let's take a quick break. I want to talk about Austin Matthews because we have to. I don't know what's left to say, but we're going to try and put together some words to describe him. I want to talk about the defense once Morgan Riley comes back, what happens with TJ Brody. Also, we have to give some love to Ilya Samsonov. The guy's been phenomenal, um, and there's good news on the goaltending horizon for the Toronto Maple Leafs because Joseph Wall will be seeing some action very soon. Homestand Leafs is powered by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sportsbook featuring custom same-game parlays and prop bets you won't find anywhere else. So why bet with one of those American companies that don't know anything about your teams, players, or games that matter to you? Sports Interaction, your homegrown sportsbook. Bet local. Austin Matthews. I'm not sure what there's left to say about this guy. We're approaching one of the greatest Leafs of all time territory if he's not already there. We're approaching maybe one of the greatest goal scorers we've ever seen in the NHL. He's not quite there yet, but getting to that point. 49 goals through 50 games. He's on pace for 75 goals. He's going to win the Rocket, Richard. It's not even close. He's probably going to be in the heart conversation, at least. There's a debate that for that right now, but if you're scoring 70-plus goals, you have to be in that conversation. He's got seven goals in his last three games. Can become the first active player tonight to reach a 50-goal mark in 55 games or fewer when he plays the Coyotes uh, at Mullet Arena on Wednesday night. Justin Pooney. Go ahead, man. Let's hear it. You dropped all the stats right there. I mean, look at this. The season he's having this year, highest goals per game in a single season. Right now, in the 95-96, Mario Lemieux had a .99 uh, goals per game, right? Which is you know, a goal per game. Austin Matthews is .92, right? He's, like you mentioned, he's on pace for 75 goals in 81 games. But he's going to hit 50 and. We're not even done February yet. Exactly. <laughs> right? Like, on Sports Interaction right now, he's minus 3,000 to win the Rocket Richard. Right? Like, it's a wrap. It's done. It's done, yeah. Right? It's done. Like, um, this season, Albert, has win. been one of the best seasons we have ever seen from a purely goal-scoring standpoint. What Austin Matthews has done this season to carry the Toronto Maple Leafs, to be the leader of the Toronto Maple Leafs, to be the catalyst for the Toronto Maple Leafs, has been unprecedented. It has been something that has changed my perception of this guy. And you know how much before I wasn't a big Austin Matthews guy. And seeing him every single game in and game out this year and seeing just what he does when he has the puck in the offensive end and just seeing his knack to put the puck in the back of the net, which is the hardest thing to do in the NHL, right? That is a reason why guys who put the puck in the back of the net like he does get all the money because it is the hardest thing to do. It's the reason why you win games. And I believe... You mentioned he's one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. He's the greatest goal scorer of this generation. I think I don't see anybody going to touch him anytime soon, right? As great as McDavid is, McDavid's the best player in the world. As great as McKinnon, and he's the second best player in the world, right? Neither one of them can put the puck in the back of the net like Austin Matthews. Well, there's can. a guy coming, right? Bedard. There's but we don't even coming. know that. Though. We don't know yet. We but, don't know that. But yeah, there's a guy right? coming. We don't know. I what you're saying. I'm saying right now, at this present time, Wednesday, February 21st, 2024, 11.31 p.m. Eastern yeah. Standard Time. There is nobody that can shine Austin Matthews shoes goal-scoring-wise in the NHL. No, there, there's um, and the best part is, Albert, like you said, he's just so he scores in so many different ways, right? It's not like, like Ovechkin now where he's just one-timing it every single time you know it's going to go in. Matthews is going to the dirty areas and scoring. He's scoring in open space. He's scoring electri electrifying goals, not highlight reel, electrifying goals. Um, he's doing it in so many different ways. 
and it's just so so impressive. And right? he's added the one timer to his game. He's added so the one timer, snapper, right? He's also playing. You know, we saw him play on the penalty kill. He's playing a two hundred foot game yeah. now. That right? that's the thing I really wanted to talk about. I mean, because when it comes to goal scoring, I don't know what else there is to say. That's why I'm mm-hmm. rattling off all these stats. I'll just let the stats speak for themselves. But the de- defensive part of his game is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I think out of all the superstars in the league, he in terms of forwards, he me- might be one of the most def- best defensive players in terms of tracking back and mm-hmm. winning pucks and lifting sticks. He does that so well. And now he's on the he's on the penalty kill as well. Yeah. Like he's playing a complete game. And we talk about, at least I talk about Nylander all the time, signing this new contract and going on this stretch where he's not really playing. And Matthew signed a massive contract as well. Yeah. And there's been no drop-off. There's been an increase. And that's why we're not this talking tells you about it. That's why we're guy. not talking about it at all. Because I understand, but the... I think he deserves the credit because if we're yeah. bashing Nylander for taking – a bit of a hiatus after signing that contract. Mm-hmm. We got to give Matthews his flowers for signing that contract and becoming an even better player. He's got four penalty minutes this year. Yeah, he's, you don't really see him in the box. No, he's shooting twenty one and a half percent now. Lady again, Bing? yeah, maybe right, but he's shooting twenty one and a half percent this season, right? And his career average, I believe, is sixteen percent. So look, he's shooting above average a, a big time right now. Yeah. And do I expect him to shoot twenty one percent next year and moving forward? I don't think so, but. This guy shoots the puck a lot and he's scoring. And a, a lot of his goals aren't fluky. They're not like he's shooting and he's picking his spot and it's going. And he's just purely beating the goalie, right, out there a lot of the time now. Um, and I think that's just a testament of a great, great hockey player. Like I mentioned, what well, was last week we mentioned Brett Hull. Like it's the same thing, right? He just Those guys like that have a knack for just get released, shooting the puck and knowing how to score. And it's as simple as that. I don't – it's not – you could all the advanced analytics and advanced stats are all great, but the fact of the matter is this: he shoots, he scores. That's it. <laughs> that's basically it. That's he it. shoots, he, he shoots, scores. He that's scores. the game, right? That's yeah, hockey. Yeah, that's he it. shoots, he scores. And listen, I mean, we're gonna be obviously comparing him to Ovechkin for a very mm-hmm. long time. Ovechkin's still in the game. He's going after Gretzky's record. Seems to be turning it around right now. Um, but when you look at the numbers, Matthews, barring I mean any injury, is gonna hit sixty goals mm-hmm. pretty easily. Ovechkin's only done that one time in his entire career when he scored 65 goals. This yeah. just it that those numbers just tell you how good Austin Matthews has been. Yeah, and look, 50 goals coming up probably tonight against Arizona in February. He could probably hit 60 goals by mid-March. He has six hat tricks. He's four off Gretzky for most hat tricks in a single season. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just the records just keep piling up. Okay. I mean, by by next year, by the end of next season, there's a chance he. He can even break Matt Sundin's goal-scoring record in terms of franchise leader for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And again, he's only played what? I think he's played what? Less than 600 games in his career right now. Matthews has played it's crazy, 534 man. games with the Toronto uh, Maple Leafs. 300. He's going to hit 350 goals uh, this week. Right. Right. Like 350 career goals already is very, very impressive. Beast. Um, and this is coming off a season last year where he scored what 40 goals last year, and we all thought that was an extremely he was banged damn, up. He was banged up. He was hurt. Yeah. He still played 74. And now here's the thing: I'll give Matthews credit for extremely durable. Right. He's the lowest amount of games he's played in a season um, was 62. Right. And I believe that's very, very. Of course, you had the the COVID shortened year mm. and stuff like that, but. Um, you know, 74 games last year. He's play, only missed one uh, one game this year. But he's he's never played a full season, though, in his he's, career. That, that's no, his rookie year, he played 82 games. Did he? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. He played 82 in his rookie year. He did? Yeah. 82 games, 40 goals, ah, 20 Oh, okay. That's my bad on that one. Yeah, okay. no. Um, but look. So one full season. One full season. But again, at, the, at this point, 74, 73. If you're playing 70-plus games a season, you're pretty durable. 
right? No, Compa- I agree. Compared yeah. to a whole lot of other guys yeah. out there, um, and because the, the, the prominent role he plays, um, I believe that. Look, he's going to be the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf of all time. It's neither here nor there. It's just a matter of If he's of not already there. I mean, yeah, yeah, in exactly. some eyes, he is already. He already is, right, to a lot of people. Um, and I think, look, he might go down as one of the, maybe the greatest American player who ever lived, right? He might pass Patrick. He's got to win cups to do so, right? But if he wins some cups, whether that's in Toronto or somewhere else, who's saying that you he win, can't you, be? Dude, you win a cup in Toronto. It's... No, but what I'm saying is that he could be the greatest American-born player. Even no, if he I wins know that. A couple cups, right? But just adding the the fact that it's the Toronto Maple Leafs, you win a cup yeah, with them, breaking the curse, that, and stuff that, like that that probably pushes you up a few notches. I mean, Absolutely. it's always subjective with you know, who's the greatest of all time, who's this, who's that. Like you'll talk to a bunch of Leaf fans, and some will say that it's you know Wendell uh, Doug Gilmore or Wendell Clark or Matt Sundin. And so it, it will always change. So it doesn't matter sometimes about the numbers; it's how someone feels about a certain player. That's true. This generation will always feel so close to Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews and William Nylander because. That's what they saw. But it's undeniable, though, what Matthews is doing has been unprecedented oh, for this franchise's yeah. history. In the however long this franchise has been around, you attach the you attach the numbers to that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like the, the, the numbers really speak for themselves with Austin Matthews and what he's doing has never been done before with by anybody in a Toronto Maple Leafs uniform. So I believe that you know, and especially in the era he plays in right now, like you got to say, man. It's pretty much a wrap that he's going to go down as the best Toronto Maple Leaf of all time. Yeah, probably. Okay, let's wrap up this segment with a little detox. And I want to talk about uh, T.J. Brody mm-hmm. because clearly, dude, the guy's been so much better on his natural side with Lilgren on the right. Mm-hmm. So now there's a bit of an issue here because Morgan Riley's going to come back for the game against Vegas. They got a back-to-back. They have Coyotes and then Vegas. Riley obviously is not moving. He's going to slot into that spot mm-hmm. on his side on the top pairing, which means most likely Brody's going to go back to playing alongside him on his offside. Yep. And I've been trying to work this out. Like, how do you how do you make this work? Because Brody. Is clearly better, more comfortable playing on his natural side. Mm. But what do you do with Morgan Riley and the rest of the lineup? You can't break up Simone Benoit and Jake McCabe. I don't think that's a good idea. Timothy Lilgren, what do you do with him? You know, do you put him on the on the, the last pairing with TJ Brody? Do you do something like that? But who do you put with Morgan Riley? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the big question, right? They obviously have a an issue with a lack of right-handed defensemen. And that's probably someone they should be looking for in the market, which they are. I know that's why they want Chris Tanev. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. But I think Sheldon Keefe has to figure out a way to, to keep Brody on this left side. I just don't know how you would do it. It's you. It's all about balance, right? You're not going to put Brody down on the third pair, right? And I just think, like, look, you're not going to – like you mentioned, the McCabe and Benoit pair has been so solid the last little while. You that don't touch it. You don't. You leave it alone, right? You leave it alone. And I just think that look, for as rough as TJ Brody has looked this season at times, especially playing with Morgan Riley, I think that's the only way you could go about it, right? That's the only way because and you're not moving Riley. No, and you're gonna push Lilligram back to the third pair where he's pretty much been all season. Um, I think that that's the only option they have unless, like you mentioned, they acquire another defenseman who then everybody else slides down another rung. Um, I just think that it's going to be back to the same problem we had before, right? Where it's just be the way this defense core is constructed, you're going to need Brody to play on his offside, right? Because you need him to eat up minutes because the depth isn't there behind the rest of the crew, right? Where he has to play on his offside. I'm sure they want him to play on his natural side, but you can't, right? He has to. Because they just don't have the depth. I think right now I'm looking at, at uh, daily face about the line combos and their third pairing right now. Now, it's not official or anything like that. But Marshall, Rafal, <laughs> Rafai, 
I can't, I can't pronounce his name, bro. I'm so bad with I'm so bad with last name. It's okay, go ahead. And Max Lajoie, right? <laughs> For now. For now. Is that how you pronounce how do you pronounce his last name? <laughs> Refi. Refi, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a jewelry store in Toronto? Refi? I don't know. But anyway, right? But like that's like that's that's the situation you're at right now, right? No, it, it's not. Legison's out and stuff like that. Yeah, you, everybody's dropped down yeah. a wrong. Riley's and those guys aren't the answer because you're no. trying. To, I'm, I'm basically what you're trying to do. You're trying to find a partner for for Morgan Riley, and that's not going to happen this year. If, okay, if you look at you know available defensemen, obviously Chris Tanev, the right-handed shot. That's mm-hmm. that's the crown jewel in terms of what the Toronto Maple Leafs want. Even though I don't think that really puts them over the top. Then you have a Sean Walker. From Philly, who's who's being shopped? Yeah, uh, Ilya Labushkin. But these guys, they're not first pairing guys. So do you bring them in and hope that you get a Luke Shen type of season, a Luke Shen type of playoffs, right? Where Shen was put beside Morgan Riley, he was like, wow, this is a great pairing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you can expect that from those types of guys, but I think it's something the Leafs should really explore. Look, you because have- listen, the defense is so important, uh-huh. and you want to keep you know one of your top guys as comfortable as possible, considering he's having a bad season. Keep him on his natural side. Find another partner for for Morgan Riley. And if you're deciding, if you're Bradshaw Living, and you're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna buy, we're, we're potentially gonna flip, we're gonna flip this first round mm-hmm. pick. I think now, based on what you've seen so far and how this defense can play, shorthanded, and how good Brody has been on his natural side, that maybe you flip that first rounder and you try and find another top pairing guy, rather than going for another depth defensive. Maybe you still look for one of those, but if yeah. you're flipping a first rounder, you might as well go for it. But this is my, this and people my, will say Hannafin, but Hannafin, you want Hannafin playing on his offside as well? It doesn't really make sense. This to is me. my this is my thing with getting up that first round pick, right? It's the deadline. The price is already inflated so much. What's that going to get you, right? It might get you Chris Tanev as a rental. If they right? flip their first round pick right now, they're getting Tanev. It's not even he'd be here right now. Yeah, but they're not. That's why they're so hesitant to give it up because. Well, also, well, you're giving up a first rounder for a guy who has no term. Exactly right. He's thirty. That's a difference. Tanev, had, I bet you, if uh, I will guarantee, if Tanev had term, this deal would have been done. But here's also the other thing too, right? Tanev apparently wants to be in Vancouver. That's where he wants to go. Yeah, who knows? Right, man. I do know. Right? Oh, you got some inside information? Yeah, Quinn Hughes has gone to the front office and said he wants Chris Tanev. Where did you hear this? I, I have my word oh, on the street. It's been a Canucks insiders have been reporting Johnny it. Johnny sources. No, no, Canucks insiders, like guys like Rick Dolly, one right. all of them have said that. I'm sure um, they would. I mean, it's a great piece Because there's add. so much familiarity with Tanev in Vancouver. That's where he wants to be. And they always say that in July 1st, the Canucks will be active again. But look, I think a guy like Sean Walker out of Philly is the type of guy the Leafs could really go after. But but again, he's younger than Tanev. He's younger than Tanev. He's, what, 29? And he but weighs 2.65 2. right? That's a guy that it probably will cost you maybe a first round pick. No, I don't think that. I think so, man. Really? He's a right-handed defenseman. He plays. He's playing on a playoff team in Philly right now. He's on a good cap hit, right? Yes, he's a UFA, but he's young. He's not thirty yet, and you could get him for some term. I could see it, man. I can see some desperate team. A team. Hey, he's not a bad player. He's he's not a bad player. But what, what what did Vegas just do? They put Jack Eichel in LTIR. They're gonna have some cap flexibility now. Do you, would it not surprise me whatsoever if Vegas made a move to get a, a Sean Walker in? Would not surprise me whatsoever. Yeah, yeah who knows? Right? Who the, it's gonna going be for. there's gonna be bidding wars, Albert, for these defensemen. There's already bidding wars going on right now. The price just might drive be too rich at the end of the day for Brad Trudeau to pull the trigger on anything, right? Uh, without being a gross overpay. So when I, I look think at, anything is really gonna be an overpay. That's just yeah, how it works now at this point. But then that's considering. What got, I mean, other teams will look at Toronto and be like, well, they're clearly desperate for defensemen, so. And they hold they're going to wait and see. Look at Calgary. Calgary's going to wait and see. 
Calgary, exactly. Those deals are coming. I mean, cool. the only thing that they're probably going to have to be rushed on is is probably Noah Hannafin. Yeah. Because they don't want him to walk for free like Johnny Goudreau. I don't know if they feel the same way about Tanev. I think they they I think they know that they're going to part ways with Tanev eventually. Yeah, no, and I, so look, that's going to happen. There's a reason so why Jake's in a great spot. I mean, they can take the best offer possible, and look, and Jake, they're probably going to get ten offers. Yeah, Jacob Markstrom's also in the number one on the trade yeah, board. They're in a great well. spot. Like, look, the Calgary's sitting there and being like, "All right, field me all the offers. Give me all the offers." Look, Edmonton wants Tanev, Vancouver wants Tanev, Toronto wants Tanev, so they can sit back and be, like, "Oh, we don't want him to go to Edmonton. We yeah. don't want him to go to Vancouver." In a good spot. Hell, forget you, Bradtree Living. We don't want to give it to you. Like we can just drive the price up and have a bidding war, and that's the situation that they're going to get. Look, we know the Leafs' assets pool isn't the deepest right um they might i do not be surprised leaf fans come deadline day where the leafs don't make a move and bradtree living comes out and just says look the price was too high right and i that's not a bad thing right we as good as this team has played lately and as good as this four game winning streak has been let's not get too ahead of ourselves here this team is still a team that's going to probably lose in the first can't round buy, can't buy the hype yeah no you can't you got to again temper your expectations keep the first round pick Right. If you want to trade the first round pick on draft day for a bigger deal that can bring in a more established player, fine. But don't bring it in for just a rental potentially. Right. Don't do that. Right. Keep the pick. Keep your options flexible. Because like I said, any of these guys we've just talked about right now, Hannafin, Tanev, you know, Walker, whoever, you know, um Labushkin. Labushkin. I think it was Matt Nick Sealer, Matt Dumba. Any of these guys, are they really gonna put now again a Hannafin could? Right, but that's not going to cost you more than a first-round pick. That's going to be a first-round pick plus p- prospects, maybe another player too. That's a bigger deal we're talking about here. I think you find you find a, another guy from Morgan Riley. You keep Brody and Lilligren together. You keep Benoit McCabe together, and I think you got a pretty solid D. If 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 they can keep playing this way, yeah, I think I'll probably say this for you as well. We're not buying the hype quite yet. No, no, not buying it, but trending no. in the right direction. Yes. Trending in the right direction. Okay, let's take a break. Uh, we got a few things we want to touch on. We obviously got the bankroll booster, and we got to play this clip of a fan yeah. throwing another fan's hat on the ice. Like, what are you doing, buddy? Okay, we got to play this clip off the top of this segment. So, who, if you haven't seen it, this is a Leafs fan at the Leafs game after Austin Matthews scored a hat trick, decided to grab another Leafs fan's hat and throw it on the ice. Take a look at the clip. Incredible composure from the guy who just lost his hat. I will say, I've watched that multiple times. It is funny, but that guy's a dick. Let's be real. But I want to put Justin Pooney in that guy's shoes. You have your hat on. Some guy grabs it who just had about 19 hot dogs, throws it on the ice. You turn around. What do you do, Justin Pooney? I'm going full Ron Artest Malice in the Palace. Oh! I'm, I'm going, I'm losing my, that's not a regular baseball hat. That's like a fedora he was wearing. Yeah, it's a nice what, hat. It's a nice hat. He chucked it on the ice like that. <laughs> if I'm, if I'm that guy, I, I, I'm turning around, the drink in the face, and I'm jumping on him, attacking him. Yeah, what right? are you doing? Man? What are you doing? You're invading somebody's personal space. And this is the thing. Right? We talk a lot about Leaf fans being, you know, quiet and stuff like that. This is not a way to get attention, right? Cheer. Don't do stupid things like this. Listen, you're invading somebody's privacy. You're tossing some guy's hat who clearly did not want to toss on the ice in the first <laughs> no, place. Kidding. You 
I don't even know, man. Did like, you hear what the guy said? He goes, she made me do yeah, it. Yeah, like... He pointed at his girlfriend or his wife. Yeah, we throw the, 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 your, your poor lady under the bus like <laughs> that. Like, come that? on, man. <laughs> like, what are you that? doing, bro? I know. Like, come on, man. I know. He got his hat back, by but the way. Cre- like, you bet you credit to the guy who lost his hat because he did... He could restrain himself. He had a whole lot of composure, a lot more composure than a whole lot of us would have. Because yeah, I'm telling people. you, if somebody did that to me, I would have lost my you-know-what, and I would have gone full Ron Artest, full Mike Milbury, shoe off, hitting the yeah, guy yeah. with my shoe and all that stuff. It'd be Domi in the penalty box of the Philly flag. Yeah, pretty fan, much, yeah. Right? Jersey, uppercuts, rights. You don't want to be in that situation, no. though. Give your head a shake. But cra- the guy got his hat back, but it's crazy. Good. Like This thing is so viral. It made... News on the Daily Mail in the UK. The New York Leafs Post fan. is talking about it. Sorry, the, yeah, the New York Post. Yeah. It's everywhere, I right? Mean, because it's, just, it's a dumb thing to do. It is a dumb thing to do. Okay, we listen. Th- this pod has gone longer, but we had a lot to make up yes. for, a lot to talk about. One thing, this is non-Leafs, and I know Pooney wants to touch on this. Arj, how do I pronounce this? Arjdeep Baines. Arjdeep Baines of Surrey BC made his debut for the Canucks yes. on Tuesday night. Yes, Becoming Albert. the fourth. Punjabi player to play in the NHL. Big moment, Justin. Absolutely, Albert. I think, uh, as a, you know, myself being Punjabi, being from Surrey, playing hockey my whole life. Um, when I grew up playing hockey, I was one of the only brown kids on my team, right? And, just, and we all had the same dream of wanting to play for the Vancouver Canucks. We all grew up... The way the Punjabi community embraces the Canucks, especially in Vancouver, uh, is second to none. You go to games, there's a whole bunch of young families there, a whole bunch of people, you know money invested, and now you're seeing it come through the pipeline, right? You're seeing a kid who came through the ranks, who's now showing young Punjabi kids from Surrey that there's a pathway to success and pathway to making the hometown team. And here's the thing, Albert, this guy's been overlooked his whole career, not drafted into the dub, was the leading scorer in the WHL in Red Deer, signed as a professional to the Abbotsford Canucks, was leading the AHL in points, was the MVP of the AHL All-Star game, played 13 minutes last night for the Canucks in Colorado. Um, Albert, when I say that it was a a special moment for our community to see one of our own play for the hometown team. I had my, my dad was watching, my grandparents were watching, my mom was watching. Everybody was so so happy and so proud to see this. Um, it was a moment that, quite frankly, almost brought tears to all of our eyes because we love the Canucks, and the Canucks are a way for us to bond with other people, with uh, with, with ourselves. There's like Hockey and Canada Punjabi that's doing such a great job. That allows people that come to this country to assimilate and understand the game. And now to see somebody from our culture and from our community to play on the... It was crazy, Albert. It was crazy. It was a special moment. Um, and it's something that, again, it should be absolutely celebrated. And it's made crazy news across social media. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, growing up in that same city... The same community, same culture, similar background, similar story. Um, it was great, man. It was great. And credit to Arshdeep for doing it. Um, and uh, yeah, man, hopefully, looks like he's a player. Looks like he's in a play. So that was really uh, special. Yeah, imagine, I mean, how he was feeling Absolutely. when he was coming out of the tunnel. That clip of him coming out of the, t- the yeah. tunnel with no bucket on, too. Yeah, he touched he the, on the ice. You know, so in our community, touching the ground is like the ultimate sort of sign of respect, right? Ah. And a lot of people caught on to that. It was he touched the ground and then touched his heart when he stepped onto the ice, right? So to do that, to see his dad in the stands who had could look like he couldn't stop smiling whatsoever, it was a great moment. It was a great yeah. moment, man. That one was for the culture, man. For the culture, exactly. That was for the culture, yeah. So, like I mentioned, uh, fourth Punjabi player to play mm-hmm. in the NHL, which is a massive moment and probably more to come. Absolutely. That's a massive hockey Matty Mahotra, well. Leafs current assistant coach. Yes, which I didn't know. Yes. I didn't know he's Punjabi. Yeah. He's half. So, I think he's half Punjabi, half French or whatever. Great but face-off guy. One of the best. One of the best face-off yes. guys of all time. Okay, let's wrap up the show with everybody's favorite segment. 
It's time for Burton Pooney's Bankroll Booster, brought to you by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. Bet local. All right, Pooney, we got the Leafs, we got the Coyotes in Arizona. Yes. Um, I got my bet in the bank, and I think everyone knows what it is. But before I get to that, <laughs> what do you like tonight? Uh, I know you. I know what you're going to say, and I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm going to go Leafs puck line minus one and a half. Right now in Sports Interaction, it's plus 125. And look, everybody's saying this could be a trap game, this could be this and that, but look, the Leafs are playing well. They're going to Mullet Arena. Big game for Matthew Nyes, who's been talking a whole lot of smack about the crowd in Arizona. <laughs> yes. Austin Matthews homecoming. I think the Leafs win this easy. The Coyotes have fallen off big time. Take the Leafs puck line. Yeah, so Matthews has a chance to score 50 in his hometown. He's probably going to do that. I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze in terms of dropping minus 160, but if you want to, I'm not going to be mad at you. But I like Austin Matthews to get at least two points, something he's pulled off in five of his last six games. That's at plus 140 over at Sports Interaction. And that's been Burton Pooney's Bankroll Booster, powered by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. Bet local. That's it from us here at Home Stand Leafs. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget, we drop new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can find us anywhere you download your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Five stars, please. That will make Justin a very happy man. Also, if you want to send in a question, either through an email or voice message, send them to Leafs at homestandsports.com. We'll read your questions, concerns, or insults on our Friday episodes. The email, again, is leafs at homestandsports.com. For Justin Pooney, I'm Albert Vartanian, and this has been Homestand Leafs.